This is the Pain Information Network. We're at 23. I've had uh, some questions about controlled substances and specifically about certain medications. The talk is opioids, and today I'm going to start going through them one by one. This is not a Wikipedia. This is a real clinical um, set of observations that I've noticed over my career with these common medications. Now, I'm going to start with hydrocodone today. Hydrocodone is known by a number of different names, uh, Norco, Vicodin, uh, Vicoprofen, uh, the newer ones, uh, Hysinglo, Zohydro, those are pure uh, medications without the acetaminophen mixed in. And this drug remains uh, somewhat controversial. In fact, a number of countries have outlawed or banned this drug, including the one that actually developed this drug. This drug was developed about 100 years ago in Germany, and they uh, they don't allow it. <laughs> 97 to 99% of this drug is consumed in the United States. It's a semi-synthetic opioid. Um, that means that it was a, a compounded and made medicine as opposed to being a pure form of an opioid that we might have seen come from a poppy seed. That would be opium. It's a mu opioid agonist. What does that mean? <clears throat> well... There's different receptors that you have that make things work. Some with steroids, some with other medications like NSAIDs we've talked about that inhibit prostaglandin synthesis. And then when it comes to opioids, the mu opioid receptor is important to us. That causes the constricted pupils, the euphoria, some of the side effects, nausea, etc. So the Pure mu opioid agonists are potent, and this drug is a pretty potent uh, medication. Enter the concept of opioid naivety. If somebody is new to opioids, particularly some of these potent opioids, they have a much greater uh, risk and incident of side effects. Some of those side effects can be actually pretty alarming. For example, <clears throat> nausea and vomiting are pretty common. We see this with a lot of opioids. That has to do with central nervous system effects. And sometimes people get dizzy. They feel kind of jazzed or kind of pumped up. Some people have trouble with sleep. Some people sleep too much. A lot of people say they're allergic to these drugs, and I touched on this earlier. They say that, well, I'm itching. Well, that's, that's not necessarily an allergy. You know, it's something you talk over with your healthcare provider. It's probably more of a histamine release. So taking a little Benadryl might help that. That's diphenhydramine. And there are some con contraindications to giving these medications. If you don't want the central nervous system depressed for any particular reason, you want to give these drugs, particularly in people that have had a recent head injury or some type of event um, say, say they just recently had a stroke or something along these lines, where the central nervous system is involved, well, you've got to really watch opioids, particularly oral opioids. So pharmacokinetics, another big word. How do you get rid of this drug? When you're given this drug, it's got to go somewhere. As I mentioned, the common preparations in pill form of uh, hydrocodone usually have acetaminophen with them, sometimes an NSAID like ibuprofen, or sometimes are completely pure, like some of the newer FDA-approved drugs that are long-acting. So the pharmacokinetics 
uh, depend on the kind of drug you've got. So let's take the common form. The most common form you get, bone break, bone hurt, is going to be in a little pill. And it's going to have acetaminophen with it. Well, that's about a four to six hours in duration. It comes on about 30 minutes. And you say, wow, that seems like a long time. But most of these drugs have to be absorbed. And in many cases, some have to be metabolized. In this particular case with hydrocodone, it goes through what's called a, a cytochrome uh, P450 system in the uh, liver. And uh, some of it goes through this uh, process by a enzymatic process, CYP2D6, metabolized to its uh, uh, metabolite hydromorphone. Hydromorphone is also known as dilated. It's also a potent opioid. So some of the effects of hydrocodone actually come from hydromorphone, and it was metabolized. So this is important. Most pain physicians and responsible uh, providers will uh, drug test folks and Look at that drug test, not just from what's in there, but what's uh, unexpected. In this particular case, uh, the uneducated, Rule 4, <clears throat> that does not know these drugs and how they're metabolized, might look at hydromorphone as a metabolite of hydrocodone and say, what are you doing taking Dilaudid? I didn't prescribe that. But actually, it's an expected uh, metabolite. Rule four. So when we're doing our drug testing, uh, which is another podcast, uh, it's going to be important to know not only what's in you, but what's metabolized and sometimes what's not in you. All right. So um, the important pharmacokinetics about this drug is it has to go somewhere. And if you have a comorbidity or you're, you have other infirmities or you're, you're sick uh, for whatever reason, talk over with your physician if you have uh, side effects that uh, are mounting because uh, these drugs can accumulate. Also, if you're taking a lot of acetaminophen on the side or ibuprofen or something along those lines, you've got to watch the maximum daily dose of acetaminophen. That's dropped from 4 grams to 2 grams. That's 2,000 milligrams. So if you're also taking NyQuil or some of these other over-the-counter preparations that have acetaminophen in them, and, and sometimes innocently unknown, um, you could exceed that daily uh, dose of acetaminophen. You have to be very careful. All right. So the next thing we need to know about this drug, and the most common question you get is, am I going to get hooked on it? You absolutely can. Um, this is a drug that has street value and it has abuse potential. You have to be real careful with this drug when we're prescribing it and where you're leaving it around the house. Watch for kids, neighbors, uh, party goers, whoever that uh, uh, approach your house and uh, beware. Uh, the medicine cabinet is no place for these drugs. So they have to be placed in a specific place that you know about sometimes even a lockbox, to protect them. They have value, and if people know you have these in their, in your house, your house is at risk, so be aware. All right, so we talked a little bit about misuse, abuse, and diversion. Yeah, this is a commonly diverted drug. In other words, the street value of this drug makes it highly desirable. Furthermore, uh, sometimes people... Um, prescribe these medications, the providers provide these medications on top of other opioids as, say, for breakthrough medication. 
that just makes more pills. It just makes more availability of these medications. Therefore, it requires intense monitoring. We call that adherence monitoring. We do pill counts. We sometimes have people sign documents called patient care agreements. It's not contracts. I'm not applying anything legal there. But we just know where these medicines are going, what pharmacy has given them to you, and there's no misunderstanding. This is not punitive. It's what we do, and it helps us with these controlled substances, root word controlled. So that pretty much uh, covers hydrocodone, and I'm going to build on it in the next podcast as we go to oxycodone and beyond.